This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner-nominated Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Hacha! Hi, this is Tribe One, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comicast with Joe and Matt. Sort of, sort of break it, break it down like good. Wham! Welcome to episode 143 of THN, where we are talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, December 11th. My name is Matt Bob, and you can find me on the Twitter under the handle... Matt Baumstein, when I'm not sounding the horn on the holiday beer bong, I am writing the comic speculator for Warpoint.com. Are you sure we're not drunk enough to do this yet? <laughs> I don't think you're drunk enough. And I'm Joe Patrick. You can find me at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter. And when I'm not drinking the sweetest, girliest chocolate and spice flavored booze, I can muster the courage to order in front of my co-host. There was no chocolate, and I am not scared of you. <laughs> I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, represent, and the artist slash co-creator of the upcoming hit webcomic series, The Untold Tales of the Two-Headed Nerd. In this week's episode, you will hear our reviews of Justice League 3000 number one and WWE number one. After that, we'll review 10 of this week's comics faster than Wolverine's healing factor can power through a whole damn bottle of Canadian Club during the ludicrous speed round. Then we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum where Storo the Conqueror is going to sit on our faces and wiggle and show us the secrets of next week's comics. And finally, those dope fly comic gangsters, the comic pushers are back. And this time with a guest dealer to turn one comic junkie on some highly addictive product. Before we get to all the juicy stuff, let's raise our glasses to the second annual... THN Holiday Drunk Show! And then... Chin Chin. We'll kiss our livers goodbye. And then we can talk about this week's big news! Woo! This week, DC made rumors official by announcing a second weekly series for 2014. The new 52, colon, Future's End. Future's End will launch with a free zero issue on Free Comic Book Day, May 3rd. The series will be set five years in the future of the DC Universe in a dark world that looks like it was conquered by Brother Eye. Omac fame, Brother Eye? That's right. Okay. While simultaneously exploring key moments from the past and present. So not necessarily sent five years in the future. You know, it's it's gonna bounce around. It's all over the place. While the book will feature an expansive cast of characters new and old, Future's End will follow three characters specifically. Frankenstein in the past. They're really trying to force this Frankenstein thing. Firestorm in the present and officially joining DC continuity, Batman Beyond in the future. An award-winning team of creators will bring the series to life, including Jeff Lemire, Keith Giffen, Brian Azzarello, Dan Jurgens, Ethan Van Skyver, Jesus Marino, Aaron Lepresti, and more. Dan Jurgens really win awards. Well, most of these guys. <laughs> like, I, I like Dan. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Talking to the Associated Press writer, Jeff Lemire said, quote, Really, what we're trying to do with this book is to explore the nature of what a hero is. And we're doing that, obviously, by playing with the future of the New 52 timeline. Past, present, and future all collide in this storyline. Now, Matt, am I too drunk or does this sound like it could actually be kind of fun? You're a little too drunk, but I do think this could be fun. Now, here's the thing that stops me, that throws me a little bit. We just restarted the DC Universe, mm-hmm. and now we're flashing five years in the future to restart the DC Universe again. You know, it's just like... Well, we're not restarting it again. No, no, I know, but it's like this, like, we just had this gigantic paradigm shift. 
Here comes paradigm shift number two. It's a flash forward. It's not a paradigm shift necessarily. You're cut off, by the way. <laughs> I'm not cut off. You're too drunk for the drunk show. You can't tell me <laughs> what I can do and what I can't do. I'm a sucker for flash forward stories like okay. one year later where it's like, what happened? I'm there. What I'm happened here. during this missing time? I want to know. I'm into it too. And I'm also kind of interested in seeing the new 52 characters more uh, closer to a place where we left them before the reboot, you know, ten or so years in. Why is that gonna? Oh, okay, because they're flashing five years forward. Yeah, so they're five years in now, and they're flashing forward another five. Here's the thing: I don't care about the new Firestorm. The new Firestorm is the same as the old Firestorm. I, no, he's not. It's Ronnie Raymond and and Jason Rush. It's the yeah, old but Firestorm. isn't he like? Doesn't he have that Hulk thing going on too? Where like they've turned into like? I don't think they do that anymore. Okay, good. Uh, Batman Beyond, I think, is cool on like on paper, but I don't so much care about him in continuity. I'm not, I, I'm not trying to be a dickhead. Maybe this will be fun, and I like a lot of these names. I like Jeff Lemire. I like Keith Giffen. I like Brian Azzarello. I mean, this could be fun, but we'll have to wait and see. That's all I'm saying. I'm cautiously optimistic. Weekly comics are tricky. And this isn't just the Malibu rum docking. Cool. In other comic news, Marvel has announced their first original X-Men graphic novel since the publication of God Loves, Man Kills, 32 damn years ago. Right? That makes me feel so old. Nobody tell X-Men season one graphic novel that the they don't count. No, they don't count. The title, X-Men, No More Humans, will hit shelves on May 7th, 2014. Written by ex-veteran Mike Carey with art by Salvador LaRocca. The book's release comes just a few weeks prior to the release of Days of the Future Past, the film, which I'm sure is purely coincidental. The story will follow the events of the Battle of the Atom as the X-Men deal with the disappearance of every single non-mutant on Earth, including fellow superheroes like the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. Describing the story USA Today, Carrie said, quote, the stakes for mutants and humans alike couldn't be higher. This is a story about who gets to inherit the world and what the cost of that victory might be. Joe, are we excited for this? And what are your thoughts on the OGN format? The X-Men OGN, it's interesting. The original graphic novel format is interesting, and I used to really like it back in the day. You know, yeah. it kind of had a weight to it. Um, now, in my old age, I kind of feel like it's got kind of a throwaway vibe to it. Well, here's the deal. It can't count. And here's why it can't count. Because Tony Stark, the Fantastic Four, Captain America, Daredevil, Spider-Man, everybody else that's not a mutant, they're not going away. I mean, they, I'm sorry. Well, sure. I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's just for the end of this. You know, I, I'm not expecting any permanent change to come from it. I'm sure. But when does this take place? Well, it's set after Battle of the Atom. I got that. And it's going to feature uh, the the son of Mystique and Wolverine from the future as the villain. Rays is his name. So Mystique He's, has now had sex with the devil and Wolverine. <laughs> He's uh he's blue. He's got claws. Okay. And he was in Battle of the Atom. You read it, right? Yes. So you know who I'm talking about. I haven't finished it. You're the worst. I know. He's the villain. Okay. I think it's going to definitely have some kind of impact, but I feel like they should not necessarily allow an original graphic novel that might be out of the price range of some readers 
to have a huge impact on the Marvel on the Marvel line. No, I mean I got you. I got I got you there definitely to be like, oh hey, guess what? Here's this twenty dollar book on top of your pile this week. You know, right. I, I get that. Again, this is comes down to that. Let's get into the bookstores type marketing. You know where they say, all right, comic shops are good, but there's only what. 10,000 of them in the United States. Let's get into... No, like 2,000. Bar- yeah, okay. Let's get into Barnes & Noble. Let's get into... Well, it's because they borders, but they're gone. You know what I mean? And it just kind of pangs of that. I, I, and if it's good, it's good. Great. Fun. But I don't think this counts. At the end of the day, I doubt it counts. I like graphic novel format. I like Mike Carey. I like Salvador LaRocca. I like all these people. Some of the time. But this format makes it hard to feel like it matters. Yes, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm and saying. And I understand what you mean by that. And they're not going to they're not going to like send everyone in the Marvel universe away for a few months sure. to do this. But, you know, sometimes a good story is enough. A good story. So if it's a good story, I'm, I'm into you. it. A good story is a good story. I'm with you. Finally, Sony Pictures has announced that at least 3 more films set in the Amazing Spider-Man universe are in development. They're referring to this as the Avengers Ising of the Amazing Spider-Man. There you go. <laughs> the news came in the dead of night on Thursday when the company launched the ElectroArrives.com viral marketing site. Sony has hired a, quote, franchise brain trust of writers to work alongside director Mark Webb and producers Avi Arad and Mark Tolmack, including Alex Kurtzman, Roberto Orsi, Jeff Pinkner, Ed Solomon, and Drew Goddard. If the list of names sounds familiar, it should. This group of writers has had a hand in several fan-favorite nerd projects over the years like Lost, Alias, Fringe, Star Trek, Cloverfield, Cabin in the Woods, and the upcoming Netflix Daredevil series. All those names excite me. The three films the Brain Trust will be developing to start are Amazing Spider-Man 3, of course, already set for June 10th, 2016, Venom, which will be helmed by Kurtzman, Orsi, and Solomon, and The Sinister Six in a solo film, which will be scripted and possibly directed by Drew Goddard. No specific timeline was given for the villain spinoffs. Now, Matt, it looks like we should give up on that dream of Spider-Man going back to Marvel Studios. But what do you think? I've said this from day one. And it's never it, going back to no, Marvel No, it's Studios. not going back to Marvel Studios. Sony understands. It makes Sony too much money. They're going to make load of money here now as far as like avengers ising the amazing spider-man they're not gonna be able to do that if you want to do some spin-off movies that's fine but you're not gonna be able to like build a team of movies around spider-man there's plenty in the spider-man universe but all they can do is play with what they own and what they own right now are dr octopus you know the green goblin venom stuff like that that's directly tied to spider-man and if they're good they're good and i'm into it i'm not i would be way more excited to hear that spidey was brought back into the marvel cadre and we're gonna see him in an avengers film or well something, my question you know? though drew goddard is on the line to direct or to write and direct daredevil mm-hmm for uh, to run Daredevil right. for Marvel Studios is his involvement perhaps a sign no of collaboration between the two studios no why I mean, not because he's a creator first and foremost and they don't sign creators to deals the way the comic book companies do that's not how it works they hire people to work Hollywood on Hollywood insider Matt Baum ladies that's just, and gentlemen no, that's not the way it works they hire people to work on movies they don't sign contracts saying I will only work with 
Paramount or I will only work with Fox. Directors do that. True. Okay, but you don't think that Marvel no. has some sort of clause in their contract that says you can't work with a competing franchise? No, they don't at all. I guarantee they don't because they want the best talent that they can get. And what they're doing is throwing money at people saying, if we can buy you, you come work here. It's the same as like professional sports and stuff like that. Guys get traded all the time. They go to bigger contracts. It's just how it works. You are never going to see Spider-Man in a Marvel Studios movie. I'm saying that right now. Nerd bet. It's not going to. Absolutely. Boom. I will take that. Nerd bet. I will take that. I am Add willing. the notes right now. I am willing to accept the fact I'm not that gonna put, Sony. I am not going to put any date on this. I will say in perpetuity for the rest of our lives. Oh, okay. That's a little much. No, I'm doing it. I'm fine with it. I'm perfect. Sony is never letting this go. And here's no, why. No, 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 no. I'm not saying Sony's letting it go. I'm saying that the two studios collaborate. No way. And you might see no Spider-Man way. appear in some sort of conjunction with Marvel Studios. Impossible. This is not how Hollywood works. The paperwork alone I mean, there's it's not no how, way. Listen, look, how does Red Sonja, who is owned by Dynamite, appear with Conan, who is owned by Dark Horse? Here's how. It's no different. Intellectual property is intellectual property. Here's how. Because Red Sonja is one of those gray areas where no one's really sure who owns it. No. And Dynamite no, 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 routinely. No, no, no. You routinely, know exactly what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. Crossovers happen all the time between completely disparate companies. Not in the movies not yet <laughs> you know why you know why it doesn't happen in the movies because the money isn't there in comic books there's no money in comics they were talking like red sonia dynamite probably got the rights to red sonia for 40 bucks because nobody cares do you <laughs> do you think for a second that sony didn't look at the billion dollars that the avengers made that's why they made this announcement. That they didn't look at that and go, oh man, oh man. Yes. We need to get in on that. But, and that they wouldn't do anything necessary, including making it possible for their properties to tie in to Marvel. Here's, here's what happened. The next thing that came out of their mouths is, how do we do that here and keep all that? Money? They know that they can't. Yes, how they, can they? they? They think that they can. But how can they? That's what they're trying to do. Well, see, that's my question. That's what they're trying to do right now. They want to build their own Avengers franchise at Sony using Spider-Man. That's my question. You though. are never going to see Spider-Man in Marvel's hands again. You won't. You won't. You know what else? You're never going to see the Fantastic Four there either. Fox owns it. They're never going to let it go. They understand the gold mine they have here, and they don't have to play that game. They don't. They're idiots, then. Maybe they are. Then they're idiots. We'll see. Because my question to you is... We'll see. Do you think that there are enough Spidey-centric I got characters... You. No, I don't. ...that they can use... I don't. ...to build an Avengers-style franchise? I don't at all. Not not necessarily a team franchise, but a shared universe I gotcha. I'm saying they put a Venom movie out. What are they going to do? Make a Rocket Racer movie? Right. Uh, no, I'm with you. They put a Venom movie out. It's not going to be a $100 million movie. It's not. It probably will be. I bet it makes. I bet it does like Thor one numbers. You yeah, know, but maybe. that movie made over a hundred million dollars. Eventually, it didn't. It like, in the first weekend or anything. It definitely. Regardless, did. we're drunk and we're rambling. We really are. Nerd bet though. No, I'm I with bet you. We will see eventually an era of cooperation where, while one company holds the rights to a certain character, 
it will choose to voluntarily collaborate with another company. And I'm saying... To make something that's greater than the sum of its parts. No, it will not happen. You're very cute, Joe Patrick. I'm glad hey, you like... I choose to be an optimist. I'm glad you adore that idea. I, you, you think I don't want it? I would love that idea. That is the big news for no, this week. Is it? If you want to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, I hit us up. That was more big news. No, you're just wasted. Hit us up in the THN forums where our brain trust of love slaves are hard at work spinning the untold tales of the THN into a movie franchise of its own with a spin-off film called Beeps about a talking pug dealing with his addiction to eating his and his sister's poop. Wow. Gross. Gross. I <laughs> My drink is empty. Every Friday, the one-man brain trust, Joe Patrick, posts the question of the week on the THN web forum, which you can find by clicking the link at twoitandnerd.com. Joe Patrick, what do we ask these listeners this week? This week's question came... I wish you could see the gesture. <laughs> this week's question came directly from our forum participant, Forum member, right? Forum member, that's the term. Member, participant, yeah. Forum member and listener, the amazing spider Brad. You may know him as King of the MP3 crew. King of the MP3 crew. Listen, it's not our choice, it's just a fact. Yeah. Brad wanted to know, listen, hey, it's been a while since we've asked. And it's the end of the year, and we've got a lot of best of lists coming out. Yeah. We've got our own best of list. Real quick. The Golden Beppo's coming out in two weeks. Two weeks. He wants to know... What is your current favorite ongoing series? I guess it doesn't have to be ongoing, but what's your current favorite comic book? No, we're sticking with ongoing. We're sticking Fine. with ongoing. Fine. What's your current favorite ongoing and That's what he said. Ongoing. Why? I like it. And why? You have to explain yourself. You can't just say saga yeah. and be out. Right. Now you can call us and leave us a message with your answer using Skype. No, you can't. Let's be honest. Our Skype handle is two-headed nerd, <laughs> well, all could, one word. You could try. <laughs> Give it a go. Who cares? Or you can call our Ziggurat direct line, 402-819-4894. We said it before. It's like the bat phone. It's yes. red. It glows. Yes. It's only got one number. I wake up in the middle of the night and answer it. Now, you have to keep that under three minutes or you will get cut off. It's this true. is not an idle threat. It I happens. will cut you off. Now, you can also send us an MP3. Two-headed-nerd at gmail.com. Join the MP3 crew, get a jean jacket, get a patch. True. Sleeveless jean jacket. Matt will also cut you off if you ramble. That's where I will cut you because off. Because he's kind of a piece of that way. Google will cut you off the other way. I will cut you off this right. way. Right. Keep it under three minutes. Keep it concise. If you need more time, go to the forums. THNforums.boards.net. You can write a book Cannot there. Cannot believe I remembered that URL. That was incredible. That was incredible. In my... <laughs> impaired state <laughs> you can write to your heart's content talk to your fellow listeners talk to us we will interact with you right there at the thn forums but your audio responses will be featured on our answer of the week podcast it's true you and guys who doesn't want to be you guys famous? are the stars of the show that's right it's been getting increasingly more and more complex lately it has been somebody said and i kind of agree do you remember when it was just all about the answer and not all about the flashiness? I'm, I kind of feel you there, Brian hey, Domingos. Hey, Domingos, I love you. The flash gets us right. <laughs>
It's review time on THN where Matt and I pour booze down the throats of two of this week's new comics to see which one takes their top off first. Matt, what drunk slutty comic did you pick to review this week? This week, I reviewed WWE number one from Super Genius Comics. This is written by Mick Mankind Foley. The living legend. Yeah. With Shane Riches. I don't know who he is. <laughs> Somebody. He's a guy. Art by Althea Martinez or Martinez. I'm not sure which one. It's Martinez. Who says that and thinks Martinez? Martinez is a thing, too. It's Martinez. I'm just saying. Come on. Here's your solicit. Pandemonium Squared, part one of four. WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley brings us an all-new adventure straight from the world of WWE's powerful ongoing clashes. It all starts with a fierce battle between WWE champion John Cena and Mark Henry, but quickly turns into all-out chaos. Soon, virtually every WWE superstar faces off in a no-holds-barred brawl to end it all. But what has caused the wrestlers to virtually go berserk? To can, go virtually berserk. Can Vicky Guerrero and Booker T manage such what? chaos? Or will, will McMahon have to step in? I don't know. That did not that, happen in the book. <laughs> that reference means nothing. I know. Mick Foley is interested. Okay, this is the me. The solicit's over. The solicit is over. This is me. Mick Foley... <laughs> It's an interesting character, to say the least. I contacted Super Genius to see if he could intro this week's show. And, as it turns out, he is busy on his stand-up comedy tour. What? Yeah, Mick Foley, stand-up comedian. Here, Foley crushes your favorite WWE superstars into a crime noir revenge story set in Titan City. A city literally populated and run by wrestlers, where life is literally centered around wrestling logic. For instance, say some guy steals your parking spot. Well, time to rip dude out of his car and bounce his head off the hood. And of course, both you and dude are ripped up, well-oiled wrestlers. <laughs> totally. That's here, like my day-to-day -day life. Here we see ex-cop John Cena getting out of jail and on a mission to expose Vince McMahon and his cronies for running the corrupt Titan City into bankruptcy or, or something something in true wwe fashion the plot seems to get lost in all the wrestling <laughs> randy orton is here as well as the last good cop trying to play the game and do some good in the process cm punk is a revolutionary trying to expose mcmahon's unexplained and seemingly generic corruption in quotes and he recruits the undertaker who is a tattoo artist to help him fight the big show who seems Wait a to minute, be i thought big show was like a good guy in this no as far as i can tell the big Didn't show he work with john cena no the big show is working with mcmahon he's like <sighs> mcmahon's head enforcer and if you watched the survivor series a couple weeks ago you would see the big show now a bad guy so well timely, you can see my confusion timely and poignant you see where I'm going here. I want to say this is just stupid and like any real world athlete comic adaptation, ham fisted and poorly written. And it is. But like wrestling, there was something almost lovable here in the midst of all this ridiculousness. <laughs> no, that's not true. It's true. There's you're wrong. There's something fun. I don't know. Question mark no. about a city that is basically a giant wrestling ring run by wrestlers. Maybe maybe fun is the wrong word, but the execution here was really bad. Bad art, even worse writing, the complete absence of any real plot. 
this truly is a joke at best. And I can't even see hardcore wrestling fans getting into this out of anything but morbid curiosity. But I admit there was a very small part of me that did not hate this. Regardless, I'm giving it a strong leave it. (laughs) What a a weirdo. Like, I almost felt bad. No, (laughs) like, why can't the WWE do better than this? Mick Foley. (laughs) Mick Foley? I'm wasted, and I'm calling you out, sir. This is terrible. I know that you've written other things. Mick Foley, I think he writes children's books. Really? Yes. This is awful. It's bad. This is awful. It's bad. You've got people solving very simple inter- interpersonal conflicts by pile-driving each other into deaths. I'm sorry. How else do you do it? You know? I mean, like, maybe your life is different than mine. CM Punk <laughs> CM Punk is the Batman of Titan City. What I love that, like, he shows up and the Undertaker is like, hey, CM Punk, you still straight edge. <laughs> He's right. like, always. <laughs> the art is obviously traced from wrestling promo oh, photos. Oh, yeah, big time. They're just, like, so, they're just, like, spontaneously standing with both their fists in the air. Oh, yeah. Like, yes! <laughs> For no reason, it's like, Bring me a sandwich. Okay, first of all, if you follow me around all day, you'll see me doing that. <laughs> That's true. All afternoon, <laughs> like constant poses. I pose while we record this show. Yeah, it's right? true, you do. <laughs> if this city ran like this in real life, the government would wipe it from the map yeah. just like no man's land. No, no, definitely. Like if Detroit acted like this, they just nuke the place. Right. <laughs> like, it would be over. Okay, yeah, oiled up retards. <laughs> this is done. Okay, so sure. if you love wrestling, more power to you. I love wrestling. This is silly. It's dumb. It's not good. It's bad. It's not good. No, I'm it's giving, bad. I'm giving it a leave it. It's bad. Let's I'm move sorry. on. Let's yeah. stop talking about this. Because I'm I'm too impaired to be poignant. Joe Patrick, tell me about Justice League 3000 number one. Well, Matt, I reviewed Justice League 3000 number one. We, we've we established that. Written, published by DC Comics. Yes. Written by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis with art by fan favorite, or at least THN favorite. THN favorite. Howard Porter. Here's your solicit. A new series starring the heroes of today, dot, 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 tomorrow. But what are these heroes doing in the year 3000 and who or what brought them here? I'll tell you what. The cancellation of the Legion. Yeah. (laughs) And I should point out that I wrote that solicit. The solicit that actually exists is more about how the comic was originally offered and then canceled and then resolicited with a new artist. (laughs) That is what they put in previews. I took what they put and rewrote it into something it's more like exciting. They sent previews the wrong email. Right. <laughs> Look, this isn't great. We're not going to lie. Okay. Right. But it is coming. <laughs> so where to begin? A thousand years in the future, life kind of sucks. A mysterious group called the five has come along and ruined things for everyone. Jump forward another 10 years and life still sucks for some. But it's even worse if the Justice League is after you. I was kind of excited for this series when it was originally announced with Kevin Maguire on art. I got even more excited when Howard Porter came on board. As we said, we're a fan. Now the first issue is finally here and I have no idea what to really think about it. Giffen and DiMatteis have a proven track record of greatness as far as I'm concerned. But 
Some of their more recent work has failed to capture the magic of their Justice League International run from the 80s. Just some of it? Some of it. Okay. They do a fine job here. All right. Though I couldn't shake the feeling that something was missing, even though the story was already fairly complex. I was left a little unclear if the creation of this league was a response to the five or if the league itself was the five. Yeah, I I didn't pick up on that either. I appreciated the fact that this wasn't just the JLA we know with futuristic trappings. Rather, they have all, or I guess most, of the power of the JLA without the context that made them heroes. For example, Superman has most of the powers of Superman without the upbringing by good moral people. I don't think he has heat vision either. He didn't. Yeah, that's what I said most. Okay. Uh, without the good moral upbringing to make the, that made him who he is, Batman does not have the context of the death of the Waynes to motivate him for right. you know, et cetera, et cetera. You can tell him why. Well, they're probably clones. They're clones. It looks like they're clones. They're clones. The personalities couldn't be more different than the JLA we know, which made the story a lot more interesting to me. On the other hand, though, there are some strange inconsistencies that I had trouble wrapping my brain around. For example, they call the Flash Barry, even though he is obviously, obviously, and this isn't just me hoping. No. He is obviously patterned after Wally West. He has red hair. Red hair and green eyes. Yes. He's Wally. It's Wally. However, they keep calling him Barry. What the hell? Howard Porter's art is fantastic, and I'm thrilled to see him back on a monthly book. I understand that his art is kind of strange, and it's not for everyone, but I love it. I didn't think it was real strange here. In general, his style is kind of strange, I mean, you, and not everybody likes he's it. He's got a style. I'll give you that. But More than here... More than one person has told me that they are not into Howard Porter, and I get it. No, I'm with you. I love it, though. I thought his stuff was pretty clean here, though. I think he's perfectly suited for this kind of grim futurescape. Definitely. Overall, Justice League 3000 left me kind of confused, but also kind of intrigued. None of the characters are likable, at least not yet, but the mystery behind their existence and how this world ties to the future of the Legion of Superheroes, if at all, is kind of compelling to me. I didn't love it like I was hoping to, but I am interested in hanging on a while longer to see where it goes. I'm giving it a skim it. Okay. I didn't love it either. I'm not going to say I hated it. I came into this looking for them to see them tie this to the Legion somehow. To say, okay. They did not. That stuff that we did with the Legion didn't quite work. Nobody really went for it. But here is something that will gently maybe pull you to the Legion. While I don't care about the Legion, I understand the Legion is important, and people like you absolutely love it. I guess my point is, this happens at the same time. This is the year 3000. It's the 31st century. Yes. This right, is, so it's probably the year 3013. Right. Was just, a thousand so years from now. Happening when the Legion should be around, and it kind of feels like they're just completely rebooting that, and... Personally, I can't believe you're not more pissed about it. They say in the opening that it's the early 31st century on a planet that is not Earth. So this might be the Justice League that does influence? It's like Bradbury 7 or whatever is the name of the planet. I thought that perhaps this book might predate the Legion of Superheroes. Maybe. If we're saying it's like 3001, 
it's not connected, and that bugs me a little. Yeah. I would have liked a little bit of a tie-in. You can't have two versions of the same era and not somehow explain it. I'm not going to give it a leave it because the art was really strong. Giffen and Dimatteis did a good job here, and the Wonder Twins thing was kind of cute. Yeah, the two people yeah. that are in charge of the Cadmus project in the future. Are twins, and they call them the Wonder Twins. Yeah, and it's just a wink-wink nickname. But I can't go any better than Skimit. So I'm giving it a Skimit. It wasn't great, but I also didn't hate it. All right. That is a double leave it. I don't think I ever gave my review of WWE. Other than to no, say you it, it was terrible. You crushed it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think I actually said definitively, leave it. No, you didn't. <laughs> it's a double leave it for WWE Superstars number one and a double skim it for Justice League 3000 number one. We are mean drunks. Apparently. Of course. We want to know what you steroid-fueled warriors and cloned heroes thought of these comics, so distract the ref and hit us with the folding chair that is your opinions. Over at the This Week's Comics section... Of the THN forums, which you can find by clicking the forum button at twoeditnerd.com. It's too easy. Once a year, my man Joe Patrick and I head to a little bar in northern Saskatchewan where we meet our old buddy Wolverine for an old-fashioned Raiders of the Lost Ark-style shot contest where the bartender lines up shots of Canadian clubs. So, join us as we pit healing a factor against... Two heads sharing the same giant liver in our annual speed drink-off with the old Knucklehead while reviewing 10 new comics during this week's Ludicrous Speed Round! Ludicrous Speed! Go! Sherlock Holmes! Moriarty Lives! Number one from Dynamite! I have always liked the Dynamite Sherlock Holmes books, and this is no exception. This time, Holmes isn't even in the picture! David Liss is writing this, right? I think so. Uh, yeah. Like. Mori- Moriarty is the star, and he is a very compelling figure. I'm super interested to see where the character goes now that his arch nemesis has been defeated. For now, he seems content to avenge the death of the woman that showed him kindness in his moment of need. I love the stories where villains are inspired to serve up terrifying justice. I do too. I'm giving this a buy it. Doc Savage, number one, also from Dynamite. Chris Roberson relaunches Doc Savage and reintroduces us to his band of merry men, one of which has dialogue so annoying I skipped reading everything the character said. I think he's supposed to be British and intelligent, but it just came off as long-winded and really stupid. Here, Doc is working out of the tallest skyscraper in The City, which is maybe New York. Probably. The art here by Bilkis Evely was pretty solid and gave the comic a nice golden age feel, but the story of a nameless bad guy broadcasting a signal that makes people riot did not do much for me. The whole thing was pretty long-winded and not what I was hoping for. Not bad, but skim it at but, best. Like, it wasn't even really Doc Savage, right? No, not really. It wasn't like bare-chested, weird, yeah, it wasn't haired, like man of bronze. traveling, sexy, like, scientist it was like that I was looking for. the son of Doc Savage or I, something. I don't really know. It I was weird. I didn't like it. Dead Body Road, number one, from Image. Justin Jordan and Matteo Scalera offer up a greedy revenge fantasy about a man out to kill the bank robbers that murdered the woman he loved. Matteo Scalera really gets around. I'll tell you what. Justin Jordan excels here, and the art by Scalera is amazing. 
Seeing this art with different coloring made me realize that it was definitely Dean White that put me off of the art of Black Science number one. Because Mateo Scalera is a rock star, okay. and I love him. All right. This stuff is awesome. Dead Body Road doesn't pull any punches. It's brutal and a ton of fun. Buy it. I like Dean White a lot. I do, too. I just... I got gotcha. you. You know I what gotcha. I mean. That's a different podcast. Lunita, number one from Amigo. This is the story of a, a DEA agent working with a witch to get a supernatural drug off the streets. Really great art here, and a solid story, too. There's a couple of clunky lesbian come on scenes where the DEA agent who's you know a cute girl meets someone and immediately is like hey you want to come back to my hotel and it just kind of came off as we really want you to understand that this is a lesbian (laughs) didn't work weird but good idea for a story and a pretty fun read I'm giving it a buy Krampus with an exclamation point number one from Image (laughs) this is a new series from the writer of Imagine Agents oh I want to say his name is Brian... I don't know. Joins? Say whatever you want. Yeah. I don't know. And unfortunately, it wasn't as fun as I was hoping. The concept is interesting. A secret society of Santa Clauses unleashes the devil they know to help them defeat a mysterious enemy. The art is okay. And like you said, the story is decent, but it just lacks the humor that I was expecting. It just seems like there is a spark missing. It's worth a look, so I'll give it a skim it. Indestructible, number one, from IDW. This was billed as a hilarious take on the reluctant hero trope, but it was not especially funny. Truth be told, I didn't think it was funny at all. Javi Garone and Salvi Garcia have an interesting art style, and it's not bad, but the coloring here gave it a really strange look. I'm just, I think this would have looked better in black and white. Like I said, there is humor here, but it just did not work for me. The reluctant hero gets shot in a movie rental shop, but his flask blocks the bullet, so naturally, everyone jumps to the conclusion that he's a superhero, right? Wasn't it that he was a superhero before? No, nothing like that. This is not working for me at all. Give me a leave it. Lazarus, number five from Image. I'll tell you what, you guys. The cover to this issue kind of freaks me out a little. I didn't see it. It's little kid Lazarus with a sword, and it looks really weird and CGI'd freaky. What? Real like, freaky style. Like 3D? It's not. It's not. I mean, you'll have to look at it. It's just kind of a creepy kid cover. All right. Ludicrous speed. Let's move. But, <laughs> but, Greg Rucka and Michael Lark continue their real world dystopian future about corporate families that have taken over the world and their mysterious genetically enhanced enforcers. Betrayal. And mysteries abound. This story continues to be extremely engaging. And the art by Michael Lark is, of course, gorgeous. Except for that f***ing cover, man. It's creepy as all hell. Love Michael Lark. If you haven't read this book, catch up now. Do it. This is the start of a new arc. Buy it. I demand it. Okay. Marvel Knights Hulk number one from Marvel. Glory writer Joe Keating, or maybe Joe Keating? It's Keating. Keating. Joe Keating. Joe Keating. Gets his shot at the Hulk and sex artist Piotr Kowalski is Piotr. On, is on art. Kowalski is the real star here. He brings his Dave Gibbons style to the Hulk, and it is beautiful. The story about the story here is about an amnesic Bruce Banner in Paris chased by an AIM offshoot that looks to have gamma-rated soldiers of their own. 
So far, the new Marvel Knights imprint has been a ton of fun. It's so like and crap though. Is it really? Yeah, God, it's, it's a shame because they're so good. I know, and I'm really looking forward to more of this. I can't wait to see Joe Keating writing more Marvel stuff. I'm giving this a huge buy. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Six Gun number thirty-six from Oni. Apparently, I just stopped reading everything I love for a huge lengths of time because. I just spent the last week getting caught up on the sixth gun. It's so damn good. We don't bring it up very often because what more can you say about a book that's good every it single time? It is so damn good. In fact, I'm pretty sure it only gets mentioned when Willie Toots is on the show. I think that's true. But if you aren't reading this book, you are a damn fool. It's true. Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt have been weaving a complex, rich mythology that rivals Hellboy. I said it. For the last three plus years, and I can't get enough of it. It's true. I'll put I'll put it right there. I agree. Beautiful art, wonderful storytelling. This is the book that we are longing for. Whenever we talk about Cullen, Cullen Bunn's Marvel work, yes, and I love Brian Hurt. I love him. love that guy. Huge buy it. Yeah. Needless to say, definitely. Halo Escalation number one from Dark Horse. No one likes info dumps, but wow, did this comic need it. There is so much info with the state of the war, the alien races, the government, that I just lost all interest. I'd like to say that this is only for hardcore Halo fans, but the truth is this was just boring. Sergio Arino does a nice job on the art, but it's just not enough to save this one. I'm not going to give it a leave it because it was definitely competently done. But man, was it boring. I can only get to skim it. And maybe I'm wrong. Halo fans, you tell me. Thraka, Braka, Cutthroom! That is your ludicrous speed round. And Thraka, Braka, Cutthroom is the sound of two gamma irradiated aim agents exploding as seen in the pages of this week's Marvel Knights Hulk number one. Listen, it is Cookie Fest, and our buddy Starro has come into town, just like he does every year, for the THN Holiday Party, and after a long day of drinking and making penis-shaped Christmas cookies and watching Rocky IV, it's true. we retire to the Sanctum Sanctorum, where he sits on our faces and, <laughs> psyop- and psyopically transmits secrets of next week's comics. It's not a gay thing. It's what dude does. Okay. <laughs> Matt Bomb, what did Starro's wiggling get you excited for next week? Next week, I'm excited for the Illegitimates number one from IDW. This is written by Taryn Killam of Saturday Night Live fame and Kevin Sharp, who I don't know, with art. By Jerry Ordway. I love Jerry Ordway. We both love Jerry Ordway. You don't love Jerry no, Ordway. No, I, like love, I Jerry love Jerry Ordway. I love Jerry Ordway. Whatever. Here's a solicit. Jack Steele, colon, world-renowned agent of Olympus. Pardon me. World-renowned agent of Olympus! Super spy, debonair, lover of ladies, man-slut. While facing off with his arch nemesis, Victor Danicor, which is a great name, Steel faces his biggest defeat. But who will take his place? Olympus scrambles to find not one, but five newbie agents to fill the void, and, unbeknownst to them, they share a common thread. Can these five strangers embrace their fates and come together to save the world? They are the illegitimates! And if you called them bastards, 
you'd be absolutely right. <laughs> this sounds so fun. This sounds amazing. It's like <laughs> if James, if all the the weird bastard kids of James Bond, right? Because of course he's sexing up every lady he right. finds. And on the cover is like sexy secret pregnant lady, and then there's like two like shadowy like sexy female figures with guns, and they're both totally pregnant. Ah, <laughs> uh, it sounds super fun. This Joe, sounds really funny. Joe Patrick, what are you reading next week? My pick for next week is decidedly less funny. It's not on here. Yeah, it is. It's not. I'm not. I'm it says at Teen Titans based Go. Based on the hit new TV show. It Peter. says Teen Titans Go still. I wanted you to change it. Oh, that's right. My pick for next week could not be anything else but Lock and Key Alpha number two from IDW written by Joe Hill with art by Gabriel Rodriguez. Here's your solicit. The end. A door claps softly shut. A key scrapes in the rusted lock. This is really good. It ends here. The story of the lock children and their desperate, tragic battle. You're killing this. Like with, I'm, I'm terrified. With the monster set on destroying them. Wow. Dot, dot, dot. I didn't know you could even do this. The past. Man, you just took me there. Listen, if you haven't been reading Lock and Key. I haven't. What is your fucking problem? I haven't. And people have been screaming at me for years now. I've never read a single issue. Of uh, Lock and Key. You're the worst. I know. I agree. You're the worst co-host. I agree. Lock and Key has been an amazing experience from start all the way up till now. The finish. And this issue has been delayed and delayed yeah. and delayed. With and no now reason. They haven't told us anything. finally coming. And I am... It's, it's a book that I am actually dreading reading because I don't want it to end. And I can't think of a better endorsement than that. Wow. Boom. I still have not read. Nailed it. I still have not read the final issue of Starman. Never read it. I refuse to do it because I don't want it to end. It makes me cry. I've never done it. I thought about doing it on Christmas this year. I almost just told you everything that happens. Don't tell me everything that happens. <laughs> The THN Trade of the Week this week goes to The Wake, Part 1. This is written by Scott Snyder with art by the incomparable Sean Murphy. That guy is so good. This collects the first five issues of The Wake, which is an amazing undersea horror story written by Scott Snyder, the only guy that is doing completely kick-ass work at DC right now. That's pretty true. It's fairly true. And this costs ten dollars. You get the first five issues for ten bucks. It's not a trade. It's two bucks an issue. It's a big, thick comic book. Go pick this up. In the you past, will not regret it. This book is so good. In the past, they used to call it a bumper edition. That's true. Fun fact. As always, we want to know what you're looking forward to. So tell us what your interstellar conquering alien friends crapped into your dome, and what you're reading next week over at the THN Forum. We just rocked. We just watched Rocky Four. Massignia's coat off. This is serious, y'all. Jam Master J, we miss you. This is for you. I took my mic out of the mic stand to wrap this rap for you. I have had a lot of rum. I won't lie, but I can do it. This is the Drunk Show, and you're listening to the Two Headed Nerd with Joe and Matt. 
was December 24th in the Ziggo rot When I seen Matt chillin' with his doctor and shots I approached very slowly with my heart full of cheer Looked at beeps dressed like a drunk reindeer But then I was illin' cause Matt had a white beard And a bag full of goodies with a clock at near So I turned my head and straightened my fedora Cause it left mad presence beneath the menorah To my shots I approached and had no pause The card on the present said Santa Claus A million comics in it, more than a hundred series Enough to fill every long box I own with these But I didn't get him shit, you know that ain't right So I'm getting on eBay to make shit right But when I logged on, I could quickly see He bought all the good stuff and wrapped it for me Joe Patrick is so loud and proud, and you hear it. It's Christmas time, and he has got that spirit. Boys and girls, the comic pushers are back. This week, one of our very own love slaves, Mr. Kevin Coffey, writes us and says, Hey, dudes, here's my question for the comic pushers. Got any good fantasy comics? I enjoy playing the Dungeons and Dragons, which I assume he thinks it's funny to say it like that. As you know, and I've always been a fan of Lord of the Rings and other fantasy series. Unfortunately, I have a hard time finding a comic based in a fantasy world that's worth a crap. I read the current Pathfinder series, and it's not bad. I haven't enjoyed the recent D&D or Forgotten Realms comics, and I thought the Rat Queens comic that you guys reviewed on the show was okay, but not quite good enough to put the series in my pull file. Though, I may give it another shot down the road. Anyway, got any recommendations? New or old for a good comic with swords and magic and all that junk, as you nerds might know, Joe Patrick constantly says that he's not really into fantasy as a genre, and then he reviews a fantasy comic and goes, <laughs> I loved it! So we decided, screw that guy. We're bringing in our very own sword and sorcery expert, Mr. Wooly Toots. You may, Hello. You may know him from the twiddling my thumbsticks blog that he never writes for our website. No. <laughs> you may know him as Wooly Toots on the Twitter or our web board, Mr. Toots. Do you have any fantasy suggestions for this show? Uh, I have more than probably what he needs, to tell you the <laughs> truth. What is recent and ongoing is kind of what he's asking here, too. So Yeah, he wants something to add to his poll file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the deal. Let's, let's do this Rat, Queen, Rat Queens thing real quick. I think it's a gorgeous book. I thought the first issue was heavy-handed with showing me how raunchy and uh, hardcore these gals are. Yeah. I felt it toned down in the later issues. I, I enjoy it. I like it. Okay. I understand him not wanting to putting it on there because it's a thing, but guess what? It's an image book. The first volume collected is going to cost you 10 bucks. Yeah, and it comes out real quick here. So hold, just hold out. Okay. Hold out for that one. Uh, you have, let's see, Amigo Does Rogues, which I've been getting, and I haven't read yet, but people say it's worth a chuckle. And I haven't read time. it yet either, but it has gotten, it has yeah. received excellent reviews yeah and then people compared it to skull kickers which i have only read the first issue and it didn't really draw me in but i really like skull kickers their recent storyline where with like some piratey things going on yeah and you just say pirate to me and you're in on top of sword and sorcery <laughs> and then i'm like what huh and if ninjas show up you just fall <laughs> over and froth at the mouth <laughs> so uh, so i did pick up the first collection and i do plan on giving it another chance okay okay man mouse guard mouse guard oh by excellent Akaya. excellent I, that's would that fits in that and i didn't even think, think like that didn't even occur to me that that yeah that's a fantasy book it just yeah. happens to be mice that are swinging the sword yeah man but it's rad it's completely like, it rad uh, yeah uh, I'm going to try not to go into two things too deeply. 
Okay, uh, Pathfinder book he said he's into. And yeah, it's good. It, I think it takes the errata thing to a whole nother level that just I and truly enjoy. Like all this, they don't just give you stats like the D&D book right. did. They give you a whole thing on like the city that they adventured in. And then the Pathfinder book is great because it takes the iconic characters that they used in all of their advertising and uh, paintings of like, you know, this is the fighter. Right. And so they have those characters. They reuse them all the time. And those are the characters that are star in the book. And where they go in the book is all from the game. I mean, that is the best. And then like the first, I don't know, six issues or whatever, they gave you a little fold-out map. Yeah, I would argue Pathfinder is the best Dungeons & Dungeons comic ever. (laughs) It, you know. Right. And it is uh, a recent uh, game I started playing. And I freaking love are you into it pathfinder rocks it seems like it's taken over it's good stuff but you know what isn't good stuff when it comes to gaming (laughs) all right uh, so that's that's everything that's ongoing i'm gonna i'm gonna do my pitch kevin coffee here it is everyone i saw it coming conan the barbarian by dark horse is the sword and sorcery yeah ongoing book that you should be reading and it's a sword and sorcery book that you can read if you think you don't like sword and sorcery it will change your mind and and it's been so, like, each uh, iteration of the book has been so different from the other that uh, there's anywhere you could start. Yeah, you can leap into it. Yeah, the Busiek and Nord stuff that they started with is, I can't praise that stuff enough. And there's a huge omnibus of it that just yeah, came out like two weeks ago. If you have $1,000. Oh, I think it's like 150 even. <laughs> I know. It's, and it's heavy. And if you have a lectern. If you read your books right. on a lectern. Yeah, if you perhaps have like one of those that big, up. Like, a, like a tome holder. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But they've got it in smaller collections still. Uh, uh, but that stuff is amazing. And like the Kurt Busiek stuff is so, like that's adaptations of Robert E. Howard straight prose and that's re- it's done really well yeah it's treated really well uh then they throw in a little mike mignola gets sprinkled in there he wrote a three issue thing was hot dog but then uh this current run by wood is such a different it's such a different conan than what has come before because he is in love and he's passionately swept up in belie and it's yeah, this is Conan the Man more than Conan the yeah, Barbarian. Yeah, like it's really crazy. And now they've they've just started the the final story uh, with Billy. And I'm I always thought that this story was a sacred cow. I never thought Dark Horse would do her story like all the way and then like take it to her her end. Right. Uh, but it's starting. And oh. It's gonna be heavy duty. It's starting. And uh, yeah. And then Fred Van Lente takes over, and I'm really interested to see what that guy does because his uh, Conan and the People of the Black Circle Limited he's doing. I haven't is, read it yet. It's thumbs up. I heard it's great. It's thumbs up. Okay, so that's ongoing stuff. Now, there have been some recent... The thing is, there's n- never really been like a go-to f- ongoing fantasy book, ever. Really. Stuff comes and goes. Yeah. You know, you'll get these limited runs like Valen the Outcast, which you started to bring up. Right. That's the, like, and it was good. I loved it. Valen was awesome. Mateo Scalero. It was pencils, like Conan like, if, he was, if he was a zombie. Yeah. It was, yeah. And crazy witches and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. A Revenge Tale. That's collected. Uh, Orc Stain by Image. That, which, James Stokoe. Yeah. James. Yeah. Totally rad. Yeah. Completely bizarre. But and, and awesome. Incredibly drawn. If you didn't watch his, uh, if you didn't read that dude's 
Godzilla Half Century War. Oh my God, it was so good. <laughs> you should check that out too. I know yeah. it's not sword and sorcery, but his orc stain stuff is gorgeous. And uh, I know the first collection of that is out. Yes. Let's do this. Let's give a, a final call out to Mike Waringo's Telos. Oh, yeah. Telos or Telos. Telos? I think it's Telos. That was a really great book. I, I had loved Telos. Uh, such a great twist ending yeah. that like, I didn't even see coming. And somehow it got totally overshadowed by Battle Chasers, which yeah. sucked. Battle Chasers was whoa, 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 stupid. Whoa, 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 man. First no, of it all, was not. There was, it was awesome. There was no story. <laughs> Second of all, it? it's Joe Matt's awesome artwork. It was the artwork. bustiest pirate that has ever lived. That <laughs> is like, the most ridiculous thing. And it was ever. nine issues, and it didn't go anywhere. It didn't finish. It no, did, nothing but, happened. But I have read it like five times. Oh God, I love it. Like I love that dude's artwork. Refused and like used to give you battle chasers. <laughs> Do I have to go on the defenders for battle chasers? You may have to. Yeah, get on the website. Go to the defenders and defend battle chasers. I might have to. Damn I think it. you should. I think All right, you we're should. moving on then. <laughs> Telos is good, and Mike Waringo, man, yeah. what a loss! Yeah, that guy's an incredible uh, artist. That was some beautiful stuff. Great characters, great world. Uh, there's a good chunk of it. it uh, there was a bunch of like, uh, there was a limited series called Tales of Telos, and there was also a origin story graphic novel they did of the female captain character. She's kind of a pirate. That joins the group. I can't remember her name. Yeah, man. There's a lot out there, and it's all been collected, and they've even done like nice hardcover collections, like oversized, sexy things. Nice. Which is what they do. One thing I love about the IDW D&D and the uh, Pathfinder book, when they collect those, they put them in handbook, D&D handbook size oh, yeah, yeah, hardcovers. Yeah. It's cool. That's it's stuff. Cool. That's just rad. Yeah. All right. So there's all that. But like I said, I think Conan is the way to go. There's so much classic stuff, too. You could get lost in. Yeah. Uh, one thing, like when people ask me, I get asked a lot about older Conan stuff. What should I read out of there? My go-to answer is the very first volume of Savage Sword of Conan that Dark Horse has put out. You're going to get like near 600 pages for 20 bucks, all black and white stuff, but it's always been black and white stuff. Right. This is the magazines. The magazines. Reprints. But in the first volume, they also give you Barry Windsor Smith's The Frost Giant's Daughter. Love The very first that chapter. One. Then I think chapters two and three is Red Nails, which is I has to be my favorite Barry Windsor Smith. We have backed up a garbage yeah. truck full of fantasy Sorry, comics man. and like dumped I them said, on Kevin's front lawn. You may, have, you may have asked the wrong guy. I don't know. So, Kevin, that is every fantasy comic that was ever worth well, reading. Really. I got more, but we'll stop. Yes, We can stop here, but what we'll do is we'll send Wooly Toots to the message boards and he will go on the comic butcher section and he will write all this stuff down. Oh, Here's man. your list. Boom. Yeah. If you want to go really old, old, old 80s black and white stuff too. Oh yeah. I'll send you on a You'll on your own it. little adventure. Down a little fantasy rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> if you are laying on a urine-soaked mattress in an abandoned building scratching your wrist and just aching for a new highly addictive comic to read you can reach the comic pushers by emailing twoheadednerd at gmail.com with the subject line comic pushers or post on the comic 
pushers section of the THN forums and tell us what kind of movies you like, what kind of TV shows you watch, what kind of video games you play, what kind of animals you hunt, what hair products you use, whatever, and we will hook you up with enough comics to make you see Christmas, kid. Sort of, sort of break it, break it down like this. And that is it for the THN Holiday Drunk Show. If you're drinking your way through the holidays rather than dealing with your family, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, where you can give the show a star rating, a written review, or a Stitcher thumbs up and help us to connect with other potential listeners. Why are you so angry? I don't know. Thanks (laughs) to all of our donors. And if you'd like to help keep us in whiskey spiked eggnog, which is delicious. And money to pay our sledding DUIs. You can make your donation in any amount using our booze-soaked little PayPal button at TwoHeadedNerd.com. That thing is wasted. While you're there, you can find links to our Twitter feed, at TwoHeadedNerd, our email, TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com, our YouTube channel, THN Comicast, where seriously, nothing interesting happens. No. Our Skype handle, TwoHeadedNerd, which is all one word, and our direct ziggurat phone number 402-819-4894 call us tell me you're lonely i'll listen please call using this myriad of resources you can send slash call us your ask a nerd questions or defend your questionable nerd taste in our defenders forum or ask us to review your self-published comic book it's been quite a while since anyone has sent us anything that was you know digital printed or whatever and don't forget to sign up for the THN forums this is your virtual piece of the ziggurat where you can discuss this week's show you can pick a fight with Aaron Myers or you can just rap about comics whatever you want to do that guy's scrappy he is Watch out for him. Remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion. I'm sobering up a little and it's kind of a drag. And if you want to hear our answers along with your own audio responses, be sure to check out the Two-Headed Nerd Answer of the Week podcast. We record it on uh, Tuesdays, sometimes Wednesdays. Yeah, regardless. And if you already subscribe to this show, you don't need to do a single damn thing, baby. It's, it's generally a new comic day phenomenon. It's just going to appear in your feed as if by magic. And you're going to love it. Next week, we are talking about Ryan Brown's God Hates Astronauts in our Take a Look. It's in a book segment. If you need more THN in your life, get over to THN and check out the Girl Meets Nerd blog where my wife Casey's admitting that she's a home alone addict and AMC airing the movie on a constant loop ad infinum is not helping anything. Our weekly shout out goes to George Valco, who is at Tokyo Tranny Boy on the Twitter. George wrote us all the way from Japan to let us know we get mad Japanese tranny love. Word to you, George, and all our Asian lady boys across the globe. Across the globe! Everywhere. We love you, lady boys. Until next time, true believers, remember, please pre-order your comics. Your retailer just might kiss you on the mouth for it. This is the two-headed nerd raising our glasses oh no i'm not choosing an empty glass that's that's like the fall of rome right but i drank all my booze that's terrible luck this is two-headed nerd sorry folks listen i drank all my booze because it's the drunk show good thing i'm still